and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, the prophetic declaration over our conference is dream again. And this morning as I preached, I, just really been, I have really been praying that um, for you that the faith to dream again wouldn't just be something you perceive as a, a church thing or something over us corporately, but, but something that you can believe for in your own life, where you can actually in your heart be like, you know what, God has put new dreams, things for me to believe for, things for me to reach for in my future. And so this morning I'm sharing a message that I've titled, Dare to Dream. Dare to dream. And we're going to read uh, from Luke chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles, you can uh, open that up. And uh, if you don't, it's cool to be on the screen. I'll read it to you. We're going to read about a man who chose to believe again for a miracle. And uh, in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, this is what it says. It says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Wow. First of all, everybody, expectation is powerful. I know some of you guys already have great expectation for what God's going to do at our conference, but I want to encourage you, expectation is powerful. You know, I've learned that faith has a posture. You know, the Bible teaches us that faith without a corresponding action is dead, that there is a posture to faith. We see that lady crawling through the crowd to reach out to Jesus. We see blind Bartimaeus yelling out even when pe- people were telling him to be quiet. We see you know, people literally digging through a roof to get their friend at the feet of Jesus. Expectation is powerful. It goes on to say in verse 41, it says, Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. And as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And now we see an expression of faith from another person enter the story. And this lady comes and reaches out to Jesus. And Jesus, uh, while on his way to, to go and help Jairus and his daughter, seems to be delayed for a few moments, meeting the need of someone else. And we pick up the story in verse 49, where it says, While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, The synagogue leader, your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Heavy, heavy moment. Believing for a miracle, hoping for God to do something, a seeming delay, and then this report. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she'll be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. How's that? They laughed at him knowing that she was dead. It was a certain thing. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. What a profound and powerful story. Let's pray and ask for God's help this morning as we explore this. Lord, we just thank you for Scripture that teaches us about who you are. We get to see you at work powerfully in people's lives. Lord, we thank you that we see these examples of how you move, that we may have faith that you would be able to move in our life, God. And so this morning, I pray faith would rise. You would help us to be those who believe for that which you have promised us. Call to be a people of faith, God. Help that to rise in us today. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen. Now, children, as you would know, find it easy to dream and to believe for crazy things and to think about the future. They have amazing imaginations. You know, the possibilities for a child are endless. Um, You know, imagination is second nature. There's no restrictions on things like resources. They don't have to know how they're going to be able to do it. They're just like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) There's no restrictions uh, on things. Resources aren't a consideration. Failure's not a consideration. Capacity's not a consideration. Just... Just the other day, I was driving along. My daughter, Lacey, she's four and a half years old, in the back seat. She says, Dad, I want to drive. And I said, uh, one day, Lacey. And she goes, no, Dad, I want to drive now. And I'm like, um, your legs are a bit short. I think uh, we'll just have to wait a little while, right? <laughs> no idea that that's something she's unable to do. There is this, uh, you know, unrestricted imagination. But as we get a bit older, we, we, we become maybe a little bit more streetwise, <laughs> We try a few things and we find they don't quite work the way that we wanted them to and we go into this mode of self-protection. And the truth is that human nature is self-preservation at all costs. That's the default thinking of us as humans. It's like to look after ourselves, to protect ourselves. And I remember one time when I was a teenager, uh, I used to be in a BMX bike, anyone out there? Any BMX bandits? <laughs> That's right, Got the old mongoose with a gyro and all that. But I remember not having my own bike um, at that time, but one of my, a bunch of my friends having some BMX bikes. And after school, we had this little area that we had sort of built some jumps and we'd ride from school to these jumps on Ash Avenue and, uh, and we'd have a whole bunch of fun, right? But I didn't have my own bike, but my friend, uh, he had pegs on the back of his bike, so he'd double me to the jumps. Now, his name was Matt and he had this bike and you can imagine it, right? We're in like uh, maybe year eight or nine and uh, he's riding, he's got his big school backpack, and I'm on the pegs and I'm holding him and I've got my big school backpack and uh, the weight is well and truly at the back of the bike, you know what I'm saying? So Ash Avenue, if you know it, in Carimbar is steep. It's like, mate, that angle is, it's a serious hill. And so I remember we're at the top of Ash Avenue and we start hammering down this hill and I'm on the back, my mate's flying down and all of a sudden the front wheel just starts to lift a little bit, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, whoa. And I'm like, bro, you cool? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're cool, we're cool. And I'm like, all right, all right. Hammering down, picking up more speed. Again, the, the wheel starts to lift. And we're like, I'm like, mate, I don't know if we're all right. And then we go down again, but this time the wheel was turned a little bit and bang, as you'd expect, we lose control. Now what happens is, as my mate falls, he falls. Then the bike, and then I promise you, this is the human nature kicking. I didn't do this on purpose, but naturally I find myself surfing my friend to a grinding halt. It's just literally like... <laughs> <laughs> my mate's like, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, I jump off and I'm like, bro, are you okay? And he's like, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Anyway, you can imagine gravel rash. And so we take him to my mate's place, which was down on Ash Avenue. And uh, he gets like all dead old up and stuff like that. And he was in too much pain to use his bike for the rest of the day. So I had a, had a bike to myself. So <laughs> what a terrible friend. But human nature is self-preservation. Of course, we do it without even thinking. We do it without even thinking. And uh, what we see in this story is a man who is called by Jesus to believe for something that was impossible. And he's called to step out and actually put himself in a position of vulnerability where his hopes could be crushed again. And what it does is it actually provides great insight into that internal journey that each of us face when challenged to dream again. You might hear that phrase, dream again, and you're like, tried that a few times, and I think I'd prefer to, to play it safe. 
But God is calling us as a church to dream again. You know, um, for everyone else in this story, maybe apart from that woman who was healed with the issue of blood, this was generally like a pretty normal day. But for Jairus, this was real. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a desperate moment. There is, there is hope that Jesus could heal his daughter and he comes to him. And this is real. And what's amazing is um, for Jairus, he's in a world of pain. His situation was, was dire. We can often read this story and move on. But one of the great things to do when you read Scripture is to imagine you're there or to imagine that this is you encountering Jesus in this way. And you can imagine this difficulty that Jairus is having, having right? Um, look, at, look at the complexity of this moment for Jairus, for example. Um, his emotions will be running high. You know, he'd be frustrated because Jesus was on his way and then next minute this lady comes along and all of a sudden he's not getting his miracle because her miracle came. There's a level of frustration and then maybe a bit of guilt and shame because I don't want to feel bad for you, but I'm hurting here. And you know those kind of things. The other thing might be some doubts. You know, the Bible says that he was a synagogue leader. He was a faithful servant of God. He was somebody who was going to church. Not just going to church, but serving and God, why my daughter? Why am I going through this difficulty? Why does my life look like this? You can imagine the doubts and the questions that are going on in his heart and maybe some anger and definitely deep, deep pain. And uh, this is real for him. But it is in the midst of a very raw and real reality that Jesus comes along and calls him to faith. In the middle of your pain, I want you to have faith, Jairus. It is an intense moment. He says, don't be afraid, just believe, and she'll be healed. You know, it sounds so simple <laughs> when you read it. Yeah, Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. She's going to be healed. This is Jesus we're talking about. It's all going to be okay. But can you imagine being that person? And you know what? The thing about faith is this. It seems like the obvious choice when it's someone else. <laughs> when someone else feels to start that business... And they are about to like really go for it. You're like, yeah, go for it. Awesome. God bless you. Right on. Or someone's like, I really feel, you know, in my uni to start a prayer group. You're like, of course. Why wouldn't you do it? That's what God would want, right? So whenever someone else wants to, to do, step out in faith, we're like, awesome. We're just like, yeah, you're a Proverbs 31 girl. Go get it. Start that business. Go nuts. We're shoot off that Proverbs 3 verse 5, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, and you just sort of like encourage people and it's almost like, yeah, of course God would move. Of course God's going to rock up. Of course God's going to move powerfully. You know, but when it's you, <laughs> when you're the one that is feeling the stirring of the Holy Spirit to step out in faith, all of a sudden, the idea to dream again, believe for something that is impossible or is beyond you, that's when it gets real. Yeah. And I would dare say that's when it becomes faith. Things get real when the faith is ours. And the reason I believe that is, is because to dream again, to believe again, is to actually risk it all again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jairus got this terrible news, <laughs> and then Jesus is saying, hey, believe. Wow, how difficult is that? Do you know, um, a lot of us protect ourselves from disappointment uh, by choosing not to believe, or choosing not to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But God's called us to be a people of faith. And unless we become a people of faith who actually trust him and take him at his word, we don't see the power and the move of God. You know, a lot of us think that action, doing great things for God is the hard part, but it's actually believing. Do you know, I love this question that is asked of Jesus in John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29. It says that they asked him, 
What must we do to do the work God requires? Have you ever asked that question? God, I just want to, whatever it is you want me to do, that's just what I want to do. Tell me what it is and I'll do it. And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. (laughs) Believing is the work of faith. Believing is the work of the Christian. God actually comes through when we believe on our behalf, but the believing is a step that Jesus asks us to take. And it actually requires us to put ourselves in a very vulnerable position. You know, I like to think about uh, the, the apostle Peter when he's out on the boat and Jesus comes walking to him on the water or walking to them on the water and they're all like, oh my gosh, look, it's Jesus. And Peter says, if it is you, Lord, call me out on the water and I will come. And Jesus says, come. And I can imagine, like, walking on water is not possible. But then you've been given this um, command to trust by Jesus. And I think, I think if Peter, instead of trusting Jesus' word, looked at the water and thought, let me just, let me just double check here, <laughs> keeps his weight on the boat, begins to like, I, you know, it's not in Scripture, but I, I think possibly his foot would have gone straight through. Because he's playing it safe. He's not living in faith. But it is that transfer of weight. It is that when you give yourself to something and you know if God doesn't come through, what on earth does this mean for me? I don't have an outcome on the other side that I can be confident in apart from the fact that God said to do it. And when we transfer the weight, that is the moment of faith. And that is the great challenge for the believer. And how many of us choose because of that desire for self-preservation to live without ever transferring the weight into a place of belief where it could actually cost us something. And this is what faith is, that transfer of weight, crossing that line, putting your life in His hands rather than maintaining control. So why why is this step of faith such an important part of the equation? Why is it that time and time again when you see Jesus calling people to follow him or but people that are believing from him, he calls them to a place of faith. Why is it that faith is so emphasised in Scripture? Well, Jesus leads each of us to a place of faith because he knows what faith does and what the role faith plays in our life. You see, faith releases the grace of God. God's grace is towards you, but Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says this, for it is by grace you have been saved. Grace is... The God part. Grace is the part that you can't do no matter how hard you try. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't work for it. Grace is of God. It is the God element in our story. It says you have been, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So it is grace that does the saving, but through faith we experience that grace at work. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Faith is is the conduit through which the grace of God flows. And do you know what? God wants to pour out His grace in your life. He wants to see miracles take place in your life. And as we engage with Him in faith, we will see that. Faith is like a door through which Jesus walks into our life. You know, even in Matthew, it talks about faith. It says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, throw yourself into the sea, and it will do so. Why is it that faith the size of a mustard seed could do such an amazing work? Because it's not actually the faith that moves the mountain. It's the grace of God that does the impossible. It is God Himself that works on your behalf. It is the miracle power of God at work in your life that achieves what you cannot achieve. But through faith, we open the door and allow God to do what He wants to do. It's almost like the, God's like, if you can just cross that line, if you can just transfer weight, if you can just believe me, 
and put your hope in me and trust in me. Dream again as I've called you to dream. Once you take that step, bang, I'll do the rest. I'll rock up. It's like grace comes, you open the door a crack through faith and it's like grace comes down, kicks it in and rocks up powerfully in your life. And if you've ever talked to somebody who has stepped out in faith and seen the power of God move, it truly is something that they never take credit for because it is always something that is beyond them. You know, um, faith though, <laughs> faith is, is, seems to be hard. And as I said, this is the challenge of our Christian walk. Not to do great things or to be good people, but to be people of faith who believe not on our own abilities, but on God. So why does faith seem so hard? Well, it seems to go against sound judgment. So check this out, right? Back to Luke chapter 8, verse 49 and 50. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, your daughter is dead. That's it. That's a statement right there. This has happened. It's a fact. It is the reality of the situation. He said, don't bother to teach anymore. And then hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. You see, Jairus has this choice to believe what is known, what has happened, what what is definitive, or to believe what is said, that she will be healed, which is a, a promise yet to be proven. So he has the reality of the situation, which is right before him, undeniable. Someone he trusts has brought this report. Or he has a promise that has not yet been proven to trust in. Now here comes that dilemma. Do I trust in what I know? Or do I choose to put my hope and trust in and believe again for something that is yet to be proven? You know, one is a present tense reality. The other a future tense promise. But this is how the call of faith comes to you and I today as well. There are situations in our life and you don't know what to do or you don't know how it's going to work. You don't have all the answers. And God says, trust me. (laughs) Believe. Come on. I want you to start to dream again. I want you to get your hopes up. Wow. How many of us have been trained, particularly over the last few years, to not get our hopes up? And he's saying, come on, get your hopes up. You're like, God, I don't know. And, you know, the faith option always seems a little bit Wild, And, you know, I love how they've included um, verse 53 just to help us understand how ridiculous what the faith step is. It says, they laughed at him knowing she was dead. They literally laughed at Jesus saying, this guy, you know, this isn't, she's dead. Look, they laughed, but still Jesus says, trust me, believe in me. And uh, it almost looks like Jairus is going beyond what is, what is sound reason. And, you know, doing something against sound reason is internally like, Devastating. Um, I remember, I don't know, if you have you ever had an ice bath? Yeah, no. People are just like, no way, would not do it. Or jumped in maybe the ocean in the middle of winter, you know, just in your Speedos, I don't know. But, you know, I just, there's this, there's this thing when you get in an ice bath where you have to almost like, or you jump in the ocean, you have to almost switch your brain off and be like, if I just do it before I think about it. <laughs> then it'll be too late and it'll be done. And so you just sort of like, ah! like jump in or run down, do what you got to do. I actually remember Tom Warren, one of our guitarists, love him. We went skydiving once and um, he was strapped to this dude and we were about to jump out of this plane and Tom's obviously having second thoughts. And he's just like, oh no, oh no. And the guy's like, are you ready? He's like, oh no, no, no. And he's like, what? I can't hear you, it's so loud. He's like, oh, 
And then all he does is he goes, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then I just watch this guy just launch Tom out. And he just like starts falling. He's like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I just watch him just, I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's almost like we sometimes like think that that's what faith is. We think, oh, maybe faith is just switching our mind off and doing something crazy before we can really consider it. And therefore, it's too late. Checkmate God, right? Yeah, now you're going to let me fall, right? Huh? But you know what? Faith isn't the denial of reason or this switching off of your brain and not engaging your intellect. It's not, faith isn't just this choosing to psych yourself up. Faith isn't a psych up. How about that? And sometimes we think faith is a psych up. I just got to fire myself up. So, so where does it come from, this faith? If it's not just a psych up and it's not just trying to like, talk yourself into something and you're just like, I'm just going to turn my brain off and just go for it. Where does faith come from? It's a conjured up. Well, Ephesians 2, which we just read, actually tells us where faith comes from. So how beautiful is this? Two, Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Do you know faith is a gift from God that he wants to give you? God wants you to have faith. He actually helps. He calls us to have faith, and then he helps us have faith. How good is our God? Even though his grace moves through our faith, he is also the one that instigates our faith. Wow, don't we have a great God? So if faith is a gift from God, how do we receive this gift of faith? Well, we receive it through revelation, through an understand, coming to a knowledge and an understanding of who he actually is. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. It is the unveiling of Christ that actually inspires faith. Because faith isn't just a psych up and trying to turn our brains off. Faith is actually knowing who it is that's calling us. And you want to know why I believe Jairus had the capacity against the voice of the people that he trusted from his own household? against the people in the house that were laughing at Jesus when he said, I believe the reason that Jairus was able to trust in Jesus was because he had a revelation of who he was. He came to Jesus in the first place believing for a miracle and because he knew who Jesus was, it wasn't what was said that was powerful, but who said it. And if we have a proper understanding of the one who calls us into these steps of faith and we see him as he truly is, then we will take him at his word and believe him. What did Peter say? Lord, if it is truly you, then say the word and I will come on the water. And he says, come. It wasn't just that someone called him out of the water. It was the fact that it was God himself who is above our circumstances and situations, who knows the beginning from the end. It wasn't just what was said that Jairus believed, but who said it. And I honestly believe, as I've been praying, preparing my heart and leading St. Andrews and our church towards conference with our team, I have been praying that it would be Jesus who speaks to you at conference. You know, we're not trusting in our own ability to put something cool on. This isn't about just having a great time and, you know, running an event. This is actually about creating space. Space for each of those that call Horizon home to... You know, sometimes a Sunday, you've had a big week, you were stressed last night at the Sharks game, you come in the morning, service is done, you get back into work. But there is something powerful about taking time to stop and actually be like, you know, a couple of meetings in, you sort of detox and in that worship environment with the anointing, you're like, 
And you feel yourself just become more aware of God's presence. And at some point, whether it be through a moment of ministry or in worship or through a preacher, I honestly believe that every person who has faith and is asking God, He's going to speak to you. He's going to put something in your heart to dream for, to believe for, to expect. And it's not what is said that's actually important. It's who says it. And this is why I honestly believe it's so important for us to do Horizon Conference. And it's so important for you to take responsibility to put yourself in that environment and not to miss out on it for any reason, if it's possible, to be there, but to have faith and to come. And this is what so many of us need right now. I'm just going to ask um, just the, our keys player to come. I think it was Craig, if that's okay. And I'll just uh, bring us into the end of our, our conversation. You know, God's called us to be a people of faith. And for a long time, you know, it's almost like circumstances in life have made it hard to really believe or dream or hope or expect. And I believe that prophetic declaration, dream again over our conference, is something that is from God for our church because he's asking us to lift our eyes again, to meet with me. Let me stir you, inspire you. Let me call you to a life of faith because you are called to be people of faith. Um, you know, sometimes we think it's easy for others <laughs> Like faith is one of those things that, oh, those people, it must be easy for them, but it's hard for me. You know, it's hard for everybody. <laughs> it's actually hard for everybody to believe and actually be like, to, to relinquish control is like the most foreign concept to our human nature. <laughs> to put our life in the hands of someone else and to say over to you is hard. And I think, I, I love this story, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11, where it talks about the people of faith. I don't know if you've ever read this chapter, but it's an inspiring chapter. It talks about, you know, literally the list is massive. It goes through Enoch and Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Moses, and it's just on and on and on about these people who live by faith. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 40, it says this. It says, what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions. Quench the fury. How cool is this? They quench the fury of the flames. When you're reading this, you are just like, my gosh, these people are, no wonder they're, they're in the hall of fame of faith. These guys are big deals. They are faith people. We look up to them. They escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Wow, heroes. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains in caves and holes in the ground. When you read that chapter, man, it is inspiring. These are people of faith. And something in your spirit comes into agreement with that life of faith. This is, that is what I'm called to live. A life of faith where I take these steps, put my life in God's hands. But after, get this, after all this list of amazing people of faith, this is what the next verse says. These were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better. 
for us. So that only together with us would they be made perfect. So here we are admiring these heroes of faith. And then we see this verse that says, you actually have something better. And I looked that up in the Greek and it literally means more excellent, more useful, more advantageous. So these people that had great faith, God is actually saying, you and me, we actually have something better than what they had. See, John 14, 17 says, but you will know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. You know, when Jesus returned to the Father, He promised the Holy Spirit. And He said, I will, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, literally, I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. Where you go, I go. And the Spirit dwells within us. Do you know, you have something better than the people that were listed in the Old Testament who were people of faith. You know, a great way to think about it, because I read this verse in a, in a quiet time, which sparked this whole idea of this message. And I was trying to figure out how you would explain it. And imagine this, right? Imagine you get to heaven, the end of your life, and uh, you walk in and you start looking around. You're like, oh my gosh, look who it is. It's Moses. It's King David. That's Esther over there. There's Sarah. And you start to look. And I don't know who it is. Like, obviously Jesus. We want to worship Jesus for all eternity. But you know some of those people that you just want to meet? I don't know, who is it that you want to meet? Who is it that you like look forward to seeing or meeting, right? And I can imagine you sort of like, oh, I'm going to go over and talk to them about, you know, David, tell us what it was like when you stepped up and fought Goliath. Like everyone was afraid, but you just had faith. But imagine you're walking over and as you're getting close, this group of faith heroes looks back and they, they start elbowing each other. They start to, oh, look, it's Tim. It's Tim. And you're like, they know my name. They know my name. <laughs> And as you get close, they go, Tim, come here, come here, come here, come here. And you come over. Tell us, Tim, come on, tell us, what was it like? And you, you're like, what? Tell us, come on, lay it on. Don't hold it back. What was it like? What was what like? What was it like? What was it like to have God in you? <sighs> come on, tell us the stories. What did you do? What did you see? You had God in you, with you, everywhere you went. Tell us. I don't want to. <laughs> At that point, be like, oh, God, God in me. Ah, what? Yeah. Well, um, I bought a house hard these days. And uh, I went to church. I, I went a lot to church. Um, I don't want to realise then what I've had this entire time. <laughs> I don't want to all of a sudden be like, oh, God in me, God with me. He's called me to trust Him and to love and to lean in and to follow Him into a life of faith that the power of God can move through. And let's make sure that we are those people who don't get to heaven realising only then what we have available to us now, for He will be with you and will live in you. And I honestly believe that God is calling you to dream again. And it's not just a person going to try and give you something to hope for. No, this is God Himself wanting to imprint on your heart something that He is calling you to have faith for. And you can believe because of who it is that has said it. You can trust because of who it is that has spoken. And you can believe in your heart because of Him who speaks. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Let's be people who live 
that life. Can I just ask you wherever you're at, just to close your eyes for a moment. It's going to pray for you and it's going to pray over you. And Lord, we just thank you so much that we're part of a church, God, that recognises the most powerful thing we can do is make space for people to hear from you, to encounter you, to be led by you. And God, I thank you that these faith steps aren't something that we conjure up or that we have to manufacture, but they are a result of knowing who you are, of you, God, revealing yourself to us, God. And I pray that as you do call us to faith, that we will be those who cross that line of belief, who choose to believe, to dream again and hope for that which you have promised to us. And so right now, God, even now, God, before conference, begin speaking to your people. This morning, in our quiet times this week, and of course at conference, God, I pray that as we come before You and as we have that posture of faith where we reach out and we seek that we would hear from You and that, God, You would call us to faith and that when You call us, we would believe and we'll begin to dream again. I thank You, God, for the miracles that are on the other side of the faith of Your people. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just before we finish our service, one of the great passions of our church is to help people come into a relationship with God. You know, God is relational. He's not distant. Jesus, who is God, coming to earth, dying on a cross, rising again, is a picture of how much God wants to be with you. And the Bible teaches us, as we read in Ephesians, that it is by grace that we are saved. You know, you can't earn your right standing before God. You can't earn God's love and affection. It's yours. He loves you. He cares for you. And no matter what you've done or where you've been, no matter what stands between you and the perfection of God, He has dealt with it on your behalf. And He says, all you have to do, that's the grace part. I've dealt with it. It's by grace that you are saved. But He said it is through faith by grace, through faith. And the only thing you have to do is in your heart, believe and put your trust in Jesus. And so this morning, I just want to pray for anyone in the room who maybe has never put their faith and trust in Jesus or if you're honest with yourself, it's been a long time since you've walked in relationship with God, been aware of His goodness and presence in your life. And I'm just going to like pray a simple prayer and the Bible teaches us that if you believe in your heart and you pray with your mouth, you'll be saved. And so let me help you pray. And I want you to pray uh, after me from your heart to God. He'll hear it. I believe a miracle will take place. And church, can we all pray with anyone this morning who is really praying this uh, as a faith prayer so that they're not alone? Let's just do that right now. Repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I know that you love me. That you gave your life up for me. This morning, I give my life back to you. I choose to believe that what you did on the cross forgives my sins and that when you rose again victorious over death that I get to experience eternal life thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with me and lives in me and from this day forward talk to me walk with me and live in me in Jesus name that's why your eyes are closed I just believe that was a powerful moment for some people in this room. And I don't want to move on too quickly from this moment because this is, 
It's where it all begins. This is where the faith life begins. By accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, receiving Him and believing in Him. And so right now, our eyes are closed. If when you prayed that prayer, you know that that meant something to you, you prayed that from your heart and you believe that this is a new beginning or a fresh start for you in this faith journey, I just want to pray over you. Can you just give us a quick wave? Just be like, that was me. That, that prayer was a moment for me where I just prayed from my heart and it really meant something. I'm, just, I'm reaching out to God this morning to either begin a relationship or come back into that place of relationship. If that's you, just give us a quick wave just so I know who to pray for. Amazing. God, we just thank You so much for all those people this morning that have chosen faith, that have put their trust in You. And we just pray, God, that this would be the beginning of the most exciting journey that they could ever walk in Your mighty Name, in Your mighty Name. Hey, can we just give it up for anyone this morning who made that step of faith? Wow. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.